hey everybody welcome back everybody welcome back to uh talking with the mots um, we are continuing to talk about uh gretchen rubin's four tendencies and how it affects uh each individual in their everyday lives relationships and careers and for those who don't know um to catch you up really really quickly um your four tendencies is how you meet inner and outer expectations of yourself. So um, if you haven't had a chance, go back, check out our previous ones. We've talked about the upholder and the questioner, uh, which Dana and I both display some of those tendencies. And today we're going to focus in on the obliger. So the obliger is one of the largest groups, right? Obligers make up the good majority of the population. Um, and what is the obliger? Like what is when it comes to meeting expectations? So essentially, um, I love how they word it where it's like, you can count on me. I'm counting on you to count on me. Um, so pretty much with an obliger, they meet outer expectations, but they have troubles meeting inner expectations. Um, so really if they are obligated outside to do certain things, they are going to be dependable. So they are the ones that, you know, you can call, you know, they're going to be there. They're reliable. Um, they're, they're going to show up and, you know, because if you're expecting them, they're going to do whatever needs to be done to uh, be dependable and be there. Even if at sometimes it's at the risk of their own selves. Mm. So here's something that's interesting. So you mentioned accountability to others, right? So they're going to follow through and make sure that they do what they said they were going to do for somebody else. But you did also mention they have a struggle meeting inner expectations. Mm -hmm. So for those who don't know, Dana, you are an obliger, right? Mm -hmm. So you will, will graciously own up to that. Um, what is that struggle like, like, not being able to meet an inner expectation of yourself. Well, it's interesting too, because even before um, Gretchen Rubin, so if you are not familiar with the ULA guys, um, ULA, um, Living Balanced in an Unbalanced World, an amazing book, and there's corresponding essential oils that go with it, the ULA oils. Um, but I remember reading that book and getting to the section on um, self-sabotage and then the section that they talked about um, integrity and not keeping integrity to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that like hit me like hard. And like, it's the same thing with this tendency as an obliger, because the reality is it's like, you want all of these great things, but then it's this um, inner struggle to meet certain um, things that you know are good or know that um, you can finish or complete. Um, so it's kind of the, just that that inner struggle, that that battle. Um, but if somebody else is, you know, expecting you to do it, then you are able to accomplish it. So then you wonder, well, if I can accomplish that for someone else, why can't I do the same thing for myself? Yeah. So it it's interesting. The, the book actually gave an example so of what was it uh, a writer like say they worked for like a publishing company or they worked for like a newspaper or something like that um that they wrote these excellent articles always turn their articles in on time and then they suddenly decide you know what hey like i'm gonna go freelancer i'm gonna work for myself 
and write my own book. And then, you know, a couple of weeks out, they find that they struggle to get like anything done. And they might wonder like, why, like, why could I like be so on point when I was working for somebody else? But mm-hmm. the fact that like, I want to be in, in business for myself, like I want to work for myself, um, but I struggle to get things done because I no longer have that accountability. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the the major thing with, uh, with an obliger is the fact that they um, get more done when other people are depending on them. Uh, coincidentally, they work very, very well with rebels, which is like, I, I'm still like trying to wrap my head around that and understand why that is. Um, but it, it just, it, it's different to me, you know? Um, so one of the other things that, uh, the book talks about is like when a person, when an obliger like struggles to meet their inner expectations, um, usually they struggle in taking care of like themselves. Like they will do, uh, they will like jump through hoops to do things for other individuals. But like when it comes to trying to do things for themselves, like it is really, really, really hard. Um, so an example it gave was like, like a massage. And and the funny thing about this, like, as I was like listening to this, I was like, this is so data. So how many times do I tell you, I'm like, like you should go get a massage or like you should go do something nice for you and like for yourself. And like, what is typically your response? You'll be like, I don't have time to do that. Like, I have to do, you're like, I don't have time to, to go get a massage. I don't have time to take a nap. Like I have to do this for this person. I have to do this for this person. I have to do this for this person. And in my head, I'm like, this is madness. This is craziness. But that's that obliger tendency. Like the obliger tendency says that outside accountability, someone is, is counting on me to do this. Um, I'm going to prioritize those things first. Mm-hmm. Right. So. But it's interesting, too, because um, where because for me, I lean more to upholding. So it's interesting, too, because like sometimes with being task oriented, though, it's more about the task getting done than like the people, because um, in general, with an obliger, of course, um, some of the things that are going to hold them back is the fact that there's tasks and times where unfortunately you're not going to have somebody else like keeping you accountable. So I look at like for us, you know, as entrepreneurs and having our own business and things like that. Um, the reality is again, the majority of the population. So the largest, um, sector is the obligers, right? So out of all of the, the people that, you know, tested, that's the highest amount of people. And yet they struggle the most when it comes to, being self-employed or entrepreneurship or running their own businesses because a lot of times, again, you have to structure yourself and be accountable. And it's not to say it's not possible, but then you still have to go ahead and make sure that there's outer accountability in place. So for example, like as an obliger, then maybe if you have a business where you have um, customers and things like that, then you would have to say, well, let me obligate myself to, I have to fill these needs. I have to fill these orders. I have to supply this certain amount of service or gift or whatever I need to do because it benefits these clients because they're counting on me to get this done. 
So then that's how, you know, the balance of being able to be successful in those type of situations is going to work in the advantage of an obliger where in normal circumstances, it could tend to be more of a struggle. Hmm. So that's an interesting thought. Uh, okay. So, so here's something that, that kind of got me thinking about. So an obliger needs outside uh, accountability and being in that the majority of the individuals who tested for their four tendencies, they tested to be an obliger. Like, why is it that obligers don't work very well with other obligers if they're the, the largest community? Like, why do you think that is? I mean, because you still need someone accountable. So if you need me to be accountable and I need you to be accountable, well, there's nobody that's going to be accountable and nothing gets done and we just stay in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> like, somebody has to be like, hey, get it done. Do it's, it. So it's like playing. And I'm not going to be the one that's going to tell you to do it because... I'm not going to push that on you because I can't even push myself to do it. So it's like playing chicken with two people who never move <laughs> <laughs> or like who never advance. So I, and the reason I ask that because like the, the book gave an example of um, like someone who wants to go running like every single day and how uh, if they're an obliger, they might struggle unless they have like an accountability partner. That's like, Hey, uh, I'm going to be up at such and such time, let's say six in the morning, we're going to go for a morning run. Um, if they have an individual that does that for them, then they're going to be up at 6 a.m. and they're going to run. But to your point, if they are two obligers, then they're going to say, yeah, I know I was supposed to go uh, running at 6 a.m., but the bed is kind of comfy right now. Mm -hmm. like, And I don't really feel like going... And I don't really have to because I know this person, she's really not expecting me to be there. So then they don't do it, you know, just because that expectation um, is there. The, the person that's setting the expectation is not going to stick to it. Mm -hmm. So I guess that was a point that I was getting uh, was making, like, even though the, the majority of the people who tested are obligers, like obligers don't work well with other obligers, you know, Um so one of the other things that we talked about was um, in our previous uh, talks was how does that convey when, let's say, it comes to like the workplace, like as an obliger, um, what do you think are some of the struggles that an obliger might have like in a secular career? So pretty much uh, with an obliger, they just need to have... Um scheduled times they need to have deadlines they need to know when things have to um be in and when they have to be done and if they know that their boss is counting on them to accomplish this task uh, finish this project by this date then they're going to get it done because they are have someone depending on them to accomplish something mm. so here's an interesting scenario though so what if your boss is an obliger? Like, how would anything ever get done? You know? Well, therein lies, though, too, where, like, you know, some of the strategies and things that we are working through and understanding all the tendencies, well, then that's how you communicate to the other people. Yeah. And that's a good point. Um, you know, so... I, I like I mentioned, each one has strengths. I mean, the, the strength that like when they're held accountable, uh, an obliger can get is is going to be de dependable and get something done. Like that can really really benefit one uh, in their secular pursuits. 
Uh, how about like in a relationship? What do you think? Um, how do you think being an obliger uh, affects being in a relationship? Um, in what way? Well, um, okay. So like if I were to think of an example, um, obligers usually need. Um, okay, here's here's a perfect example. And being the man, like I know that this is like so ingrained in me from probably as a kid, but it's like, okay, so the husband or the man usually will like plan a night out like plan like a date night or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know for me, like I recognize how hard you work. And so I'm like, there's certain nights where you need a break from having to do things for other people. Like you need a day just to like unwind. And if I don't hold you accountable and say like, Hey, on this night, we're going to go do, we're going to have a date night. We're going to separate. We're going to find somebody to, to watch the kids. We're going to separate from all the other ex- outer expectations. Like, I know you won't do it. So the the interesting, or I guess the, the question that I'm getting at is like, what if you have like two obligers in a relationship? You know, like that's going to be a struggle because at some point, one person has to be able to set certain expectations, I guess is what I'm getting at, you know. So, okay. So I was just gonna say another thing um, with obligers that's pretty huge and you know needs to be addressed and talked about is obliger rebellion. So this was another huge, huge thing that was talked about in the book because here's the thing: you can only poke the bear so much <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, before yeah. it snaps. All right. Yeah. So um, another huge thing that will happen with a lot of obligers is. They're giving, 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 giving to the point where then they snap and then they don't want to do anything. Mm. And you can't get them to budge on anything. And that is your obliger rebellion. So are you saying in essence that um, what can possibly happen is people get so used to the obliger being that dependable person Mm -hmm. um, where they're just like, I know, and I'm using you as an example, not saying that this this happens, but they're like, I know Dana will do it, so I'm just going to give it to Dana. And over time, you're like, you know what? I have too much on my plate, so forget all of it, and I'm not doing anything for anybody. Right. Because, again, you don't want to overload the obliger with expectations because it's so important to them that if they're overexerting themselves and then at some point, Again, you know, they're hurting themselves, harming themselves, and they're not taking care of themselves. Um, You want to look for these signs. You want to see where like, and that's where it's like, it's kind of, kind of humorous because you'll see in like different shows or movies and things like that, where it's like, you know, the nerdy kid that's always dependable and then he snaps or he goes crazy (laughs) or whatever. Like, and it can be funny like on TV, but the reality is, unfortunately, Say you're in a marriage for 20, 30 years and one party is the obliger and it's like, you know what? I feel abused. Like I feel like I've been trying to meet and then they feel like, you know what? I can't ever meet all of these expectations that are put on me. And because it's so important to them and it's like, I can't do this anymore. And they're out of the relationship. They're done with you because 
for years and years and years or months or, you know, days, they've been trying to meet all of these expectations and now they're just tired. Mm, so they could potentially become the doormat. And that's what you don't want. So, okay. So in that dynamic, like, um, you know, what you got me thinking about was, and, and granted, we've talked about this before, how it's kind of difficult to identify a child's tendency. Mm-hmm. But like, it made me think of parenthood and how, um, like, even when we were having the dialogue about taking our kids out of public school and deciding to homeschool them, like, I know one of the big things um, for me at the time, and, and it's not even necessarily recognizing it, our children's tendency, because, I mean, Dayton's four and our daughter is eight. So, and and I'm not sure if, if either one of them are obliger, but the expectations that they put on those children, um, they were like, I, I, I hate to say it, they were kind of ridiculous, you know? Um, so it just makes me think of like when you're parenting, um, maybe a child who's an obliger, like if they have to deal with um, all the pressures and expectations put on them at school, and then they have to deal with a lot of the pressures and expectations put on from parents and family members and friends, like when they become like that teenager and they hit the quote unquote rebellious stage, I'm wondering, is that actually a rebellious stage or is it that they are just becoming a rebellious obliger Mm -hmm. because of all those expectations put on them? So I I think that that's something that we kind of have to be aware of, too, if you're a parent is is, um, trying to recognize some of those tendencies. Granted, it's going to be extremely difficult. But, you know, not putting too much expectation on uh, any one individual so that they don't become uh, rebellious, obliger, and instead can work to their strength of being uh, highly dependable and accountable. Mm-hmm. So some, definitely something to think about. Um, <clears throat> I know one of the other things that I was thinking about when it comes to uh, an obliger is I mentioned earlier how they work well with a rebel. And I was like, I don't fully understand why. But to a certain extent, think about this. I think most rebels won't have a reason or not a reason, won't have a problem with saying what needs to be said. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say that an obliger is like rebellious in the sense of like, I'm done. I'm not doing it all. Uh, Like a rebel might say like, you need to snap out of it because like this needs to happen or um, they usually don't have a problem finding somebody finding an obliger because in that sense, it's like the obliger looks up to them mm-hmm. as, as an authority figure. Right. And you would think that would be the questioner, but like questioners and upholders, they don't um, it's not that they don't get along with obligers, but they just don't resonate well with them because an upholder says what? Like when it comes to getting things done or setting expectations, like I know for you, like you're like, because you tip towards upholder, you're like, it needs to get done. So it needs to get done. Right. Like no ifs, ands or buts. Um, To the extent where it's like, I don't understand why a person wouldn't just do what they're supposed to do. And a questioner would say of, of an obliger, like, um, I've given you all the tools that you need. Like, why aren't you I doing it? <laughs> why do you need why? me to call you every two seconds that make sure you do it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
So even, I mean, think about that in the sense of like, once again, going back to like the workplace and how you deal with uh, individuals, because if you are a questionnaire boss and you have uh, obliger employees, like realize that just giving them resources um, and all the information and the tools they, they need to accomplish something is not going to be enough. Right. They have to have like, here's everything you need. I need you to accomplish it by this day. Can you do that? Right. And it's interesting too. So with the obliger tendency for them, it's what? So what do I need to do? What person am I helping? What is the objective? Um, so that is like their more driving force is the what. Mm. Hmm. So I, I think this is just my uh, thought or opinion on it. And, and granted, even Gretchen talks about it in the book, um, the tendency being augmented by people's personality types. But as you say that, like to me, for those who know about the color pe- personality quizzes, like I'm automatically associating like obligers with yellow. Now, whether that's true or not, I mean, that that might be debatable, but because the what is important and they care about um, the expectations that others set, mm-hmm. like I could see how that could be synonymous with a person who has like a yellow personality who's um, just wants to help other individuals. Mm-hmm. So you are you are going to get some augmentation to that um, as well. Um, all right. So. Is there anything else that you wanted to add about the obliger tendency before we close out our podcast tonight? Um, so I would just say, you know, what are some, again, we talked a little bit about maybe from a boss standpoint or whatnot, but now um, when we look at I'm an obliger and I want to then get myself outside of this place, So what are some actionable steps that I can take in order to get maybe some of my goals or things that I'm trying to achieve accomplished? Mm. Well, (laughs) I, I wholeheartedly believe, um, in finding like a mentor or finding somebody that's going to hold you accountable. So like I give you an example, let's say that a person has been stuck, uh, at a certain place in their life and they're like, I've tried this, I've tried that, and I just, I can't get past where I am. Mm -hmm. Like the first question that I will ask is like, well, do you have a mentor? Like, do you have somebody who's holding you accountable that says like, hey, let's go through and let's help you set your goal. Let's help you set the steps that you need to um, have to accomplish that goal. And then I'm going to hold you to it. So like this one's common, but like, think about people who are like, I want to lose weight or like, I want to go to the gym regularly. Like, like honestly, they would do well with getting a personal trainer because they're going a personal trainer is going to say like, Hey, these are the days like, like you want to lose a certain amount of weight. Okay, great. These are the days that you need to come to the gym. This is what you need to eat. I'm going to be checking up on you to make sure that you're doing these things. And usually that person will do really, really well, but they wouldn't do really well if they're like, I want to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to try to go to the gym and do it on my own. Right. right. Because they need that outside expectation, somebody who's going to hold them accountable. So, I mean, hands down, I recommend that 
Uh, I feel like everybody should have a mentor, but definitely if you're an obliger, have a mentor. Yeah. And I can definitely see how a obliger would also benefit from a coach. A, uh, they would benefit from a therapist. They would benefit for somebody that can um, really help navigate um, where they're trying to go and show them what to do. What is my next step? Um, give very specific to-do lists and um, be task-oriented um, because then um, that task obligates them to moving towards their goals or moving towards whatever their next step might be. Um, so know that about yourself. So if you're trying to strive for some of those things um, and you're really focused on it, you need a coach. You need a mentor. You need somebody else that's going to um, kind of cheer you on and um, help you reach um, some of those further goals. Mm -hmm. and, and I will add this, too, um, because we talk about having the mentor, the coach from the aspect of just to accomplish, you know, like a, a goal or something like that. But but anyone who's followed um, our talking with the mods, our health talks with the mods, like know that we're like an advocate for self-care. So like being that that's something that an obliger may struggle with, mm -hmm. um, like having someone that's going to help you stay balanced in that area is also going to be beneficial for like your health in general. So like that person that reminds you and says like, hey, go get a massage, like, hey, go take a nap um, because you're running around and you're doing all of these things. So just to kind of help you keep things in perspective so that you don't become a rebellious obliger or you don't burn yourself out, um, it's very important to have that check and balance. Right. Yep. All righty. Well, I think that will end our podcast for today. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening in. Uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for supporting us in our endeavor. Um, follow us. Where can they find us? So we're on CastBox. Um, that's our main platform, but we're also uploaded on iTunes. Um, Google Play right now is transitioning over to something else, so not everything gets uploaded there. But anywhere that Google iPod, um, I'm sorry. iTunes. I, right. right. No, I was going to say podcasts oh. can be okay. uploaded. You can get that through Google as well. Um, we're on Stitcher as well. So it's DNA Wellness. Health Talk with the Mots. Um, also, if you're not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, um, we have a lot of things that we upload there as well. But be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. Um, that is really what's going to help um, more people hear about us, um, find the, the podcast, and things like that. So please, please, please be sure to share, like, um, and subscribe. And feel free to share your questions. If you have any questions, uh, we'll do our best to try to answer them on the podcast, or maybe it'll show up in an additional health talk with the mods. Um, but until then, everybody, stay well, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye.